everybody, welcome back to another episode of the Podcast Strikes Back, a very special episode. My name is George, and you're listening to our weekly podcast from a, a little bit of a different uh, stage here. We are in isolation, and uh, yeah, we have decided to move on to video conferencing format. We're not in the same room, but hey, we figured this out. So uh, it's re- really great to see see Connor and Benny. How you, how you boys doing, Connor? Um, you know, we got we got to we got to be very direct surviving. with this uh, with this video conferencing. So I'm going to be very direct and ask how you've been and and how's it been working from home and whatnot. Yeah, no, it's it's really bizarre and weird times, isn't it? Um, I uh, yeah, I've just been surviving, I suppose. <laughs> I'm luckier than most, so I can't really complain. Um, yeah. And um, we've been lucky enough that we've got a setup that we can actually do this right like it's that's yeah. the thing that i'm through yeah well i mean we gave it a test on the weekend sorry we missed last week folks you know it's um uh unfortunate but uh we'll, we'll, uh, we'll talk about a little bit about that but benny how you been man you 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 like your day-to-day is working at a cinema and like that's just been totally upended um you know i know you probably don't want to talk about it too much but um yeah anything to share I'll, I'll spill all the secrets no problem <laughs> Um, but yeah, the place is completely shut down, of course. Um, found out just a few days ago that the government's going to be looking after me pay-wise, so that's really good to hear. Um, otherwise, I like not to make light of this situation at all, of course, it's very serious and we're all um, looking after ourselves as best we can and everyone else. Um, but I'm, I'm happy as Larry. Like I'm sitting at home 24 hours a day watching movies, playing video games. I'm, I'm living my... Uh, <laughs> yeah this is my I assume that latest <laughs> no i i just figured that like for ben this is what winter is anyways like yeah, no he beach. can't go to the beach anymore so this is pretty it's like it's the apocalypse every year for him <laughs> yeah well this is just every school holidays i ever had so i'm well equipped to handle this <laughs> yeah yeah this is this is known territory for sure for sure <laughs> Yeah, it's been totally bizarre, but I, I'm exactly in that camp, Benny. I feel like I've been watching a lot of movies and uh, a lot of TV, and uh, it's been really cool because, uh, you know, oftentimes when we, we do this weekly podcast, I don't have that much to share. So, hey, is that a segue or what? What have we been watching? I, I Listen, I'm going to just take this. I'm going to take the reins here. Let's catch on what everyone's been watching. I'm going to take the reins here. Before we, um, I, I should probably actually wait, wait, wait. I, I'm jumping the gun here a little bit. I should say this episode is the weekly show, and we we've got a Rise of Skywalker three month retro review where we're going to be. You know, it's been three months since the film came out, so we're going to be discussing that, and we've done a little rewatch, so we're going to be talking about that later. But um, I, I'm, I'm jumbling this all up. This whole video conferencing has got me in a tiz. Let's catch up on <laughs> what everyone's been watching, um, and Tiger King. Everyone's been talking about it. Yeah, who's who's been watching? Ashamed to say, I jumped. I jumped on the bandwagon for that one. I, I held out as long as I could, and um, I even had my mother call me at some point. Um, <laughs> she was like, "Have you watched Tiger King?" <laughs> I'm like, no. <laughs> what did you just call me to tell me that? She goes, "Yeah, we've watched two episodes. The shit's crazy." And I was like, "Okay." She goes, "All right, bye now." <laughs> <I'm> like, <"Fucking> <laughs> <what>? <laughs> Yeah, when you when your so, mum's um, recommending like, Netflix to you, you know, <clears throat> you know shit's going pretty oh, topsy turvy. Yeah, but I mean, we made the mistake of 
um, jumping into it last night. And it's one of those things that just the idea of stopping, like stop watching it is absurd. So we ended up- And it's up long. Pump- it's so fucking long, right? I was yeah. just like, surely we're getting to the end now. They're like 40 minute episodes. We got through like five episodes or something like that. It was a fucking, you know, wow. it was a school night for me. So I was up until like 1130 and that was- that was insane. <laughs> <laughs> so you've so you've, yeah, well, you've watched, watched it? You've watched uh, the whole season, or no, no, like four four episodes. Okay. I think I've, I've um, polished no, it off. Um, Benny, you polished it off. I, I haven't watched any because I'm not a shape. Yeah, I'm a fucking lemming, man. <laughs> like somebody dies off that bridge, I'm like, oh. Uh, no, I've been meaning yeah, to get around to it. Out of, the, um, out of the three of us, you're the only one on TikTok, right? Yeah, yeah, TikTok, <laughs> you bro. You got to get on that shit. <laughs> um, yeah, I'm. You know what? This is just a fascinating case of just a bunch of really strange characters, and none of them are that likable. They've all kind of got a shady past, but you know, a lot of it's to do with the presentation. You know. Um, Netflix, Netflix just know how to do this kind of documentary. It's got a very similar flavor to making a murder. It's got a very similar flavor to the staircase. Uh, so, you know, it's, they, they, it's just, you know, they pump out one of these about every year and it's, everyone gets on it. And I got swept up on this one and I, you know, it was so crazy cause I'm such a cat lover. It was interesting to see the, you know, the stuff that goes on with these, these tigers and, <clears throat> in captivity and it's 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 so upsetting um you know in, in so many ways but it's a, it's just amazing crazy characters you you couldn't write this shit it, it's that crazy uh but i i enjoyed it it did start to kind of towards the end i was like okay that could probably be in six episodes it probably could have been five episodes and had a little more punch um because it did kind of drag out for a few bits but overall pretty pretty solid i thought typical george Oh, that could have been about half as long. Well, they episodes, do really extend these things, though. Well, episode six, it was just like he did something. Oh man, he did something. I, I tell you what, it was real bad. And it's about oh my god, we're gonna find out what he did. And it's like twenty <laughs> minutes, and then you don't find out till episode seven. And I'm like, fuck, this is just this this this. Like, it's six episodes. All right, Connor. How about that? Does that make you happy? If 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 I'm if George is whingy, you know, oh, it's you know, whatever the runtime bullshit you're gonna pull on me. Okay, let's let's make it six episodes. How does that sound? Huh? <laughs> That's very accommodating of you. <laughs> Did either um, of you watch Don't Fuck with Cats? Nah. Look, I I gotta say I'm not one that's really big on true crime. I still think that it's. Um, I just don't get as much uh, of a kick out of it. Um, and it kind of seems like it should be right out of my alley, right? But it, no, mm-hmm. I'm just not interested in that very much. What was that one about, Ben? Uh, it was about this guy who was uploading videos uh, onto the internet of him basically torturing and killing kittens. Um, and <clears throat> the title of the series refers to the fact that the the internet horde loving cats as they do essentially hunted this guy down wow um it's a a fascinating story it's amazing it goes places you would not expect that sounds really cool hey and you know what's i think it's a lot shorter than that okay is that and that's on netflix yeah 
I gotta say, man, you. Uh, I wish I could find it. Oh, you go, Connor. You go, Connor. This is gonna. This is gonna be part of the fucking. I wish I could find it. Yeah, this is gonna happen. Shit. (laughs) (laughs) Um, you know, I wish I could find it. There was a brilliant um video that I watched. It's only like maybe fifteen minutes, twenty minutes, um, on YouTube years ago, about mob justice and um how the kind of internet age of of mob justice has transformed. Um you know, how we, like, how we think people should be treated in those kind of uh, um, circumstances. And, um, yeah, it, it puts a whole new light onto those kinds of scenarios where we feel as though we've done something good because, you know, we, the internet, um, you know, attack someone. Um, this guy yeah, killed Gittins. Yeah. <laughs> no, I mean, I get it. Like it's, it's the, the example that they used hey, fuck was, you, um, the guy that the <laughs> dentist that killed, uh, Cecil. Do you remember that? How, this is a fair, fair few years ago. Yeah. Uh, the dentist that killed, uh, the big lion. And yeah. there's a lot of people that would have felt really justified in going after this guy because he kills kittens. Right. Um, you know, probably watch the documentary, Connor. Watch I, the documentary. Yeah. <laughs> trust me. Yeah, I probably should do. That. I should probably know what it is before I start. You should really. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. This, is like, this guy's like one step up, and you're defending him. <laughs> yeah. Well, guys, guys, there's two yeah. sides to each story. Let's you know. Please, <laughs> please, and even even just read about judge. this so we can talk about it next episode. <laughs> Hey, talking I just about really got to follow up. Talking about really good podcasts, um, right? Right. How about that as a segue? But no, no. <laughs> like, like in terms of the investigative journalism and finding about about these crazy stories, I've got to say, Ben, I've been pumping this podcast. I just have to talk about it. Something that you recommended me, the Reply All podcast. Um, this is really, really cool investigative journalism across a spectrum of topics. And um, I'm halfway through this one right now, the the call center one with like the scam, I think it's episode yeah. 102, 103. Oh my goodness. And how it unfolds and the dedication and also the presentation of the episodes, you know, compared to us fucking mongrels, like <laughs> this is like really great audio editing so i highly recommend if you're bored and you want some cool stuff reply all podcasts it's just awesome once you're done yeah you can just go through and pick any episode that like catches your fancy in any way you can start anywhere and there's so many fascinating stories cool anyone else watch anything else i did a total recall double feature uh so i watched the 90s (laughs) why the 1990s. Why did you do that? What do you mean? The Total Recall's the shit. Go fuck yourself, fucking Conan uh, the Barbarian, and fucking Lord of the. Rings. What do you watch? Lord of the Rings. I feel and like Kingdom of Heaven, and for me, <laughs> and that's just on a cycle. I love. Oh, I don't know. Lo- love is a bit of a strong word, but I enjoy all three of those films. Yeah. Um, <laughs> so yeah, the the 90s one, the Arnie one, is just one of my absolute favorites. I'm a sucker for those 90s sci-fi. Um, and the, the practical effects are just so fantastic. Uh, the, the guy coming out of the, the body and um, the, the weird little baby thing. Yeah. Just so good. And then the Colin Farrell like one that's... from 2012 is just... It's It's got some really cool stuff and it pays homage in, in some in some interesting ways and effective ways. But at the end of the day, it yeah. just goes on and on and on. And you want to fucking gouge your eyes out towards the end. See, I think that's, that's really interesting. I, I didn't mind the remake. Um, 
you know, as a pretty stock standard sci-fi film. Like I, um, I kind of enjoyed that. Uh, but these old sci-fi films, I always find I'm a bit suspect on them. Um, and I really enjoy them because, you know, they were my introduction to sci-fi, right? Like I enjoy them because of that nostalgia. Um, but I feel like it's one of those, um, those movies that you would recommend to someone and it would not hold up that same level of like, oh, that's amazing. Like there's a couple of those old ones. Like I reckon RoboCop is ones that you could show to a lot of people now and they would probably be more on board. But well, um, well, I mean, it is Paul Verhoeven. Yeah, like those old you know. Arnie ones are always like. I don't know, man. I mean, yeah, it's no, just no. That like, I mean, it, it's, just it's legit. Feels, it's got. It's just got so much heart in it. And you know, the narrative. If you compare the narrative of the 2012 one compared to the 90s 91, like the narrative, like they know you know exactly what's going to happen. Like quite early on in in the Arnie one, like it's very clearly laid out. And uh, in the 2012 one, it's so convoluted. They have all these um, political layers to it, which is, it, you know, it, it is, it, it's cool. It's cool to a certain degree, but <laughs> it gets so convoluted and uh, just does not have nearly the same impact. That, uh, but I, I, I do love these remakes and comparing them against each other. It's um, I, I just get such a kick out of it. So I, I, I like them both in their own way, and as a little double feature, it's a, it's a really fun thing to do. Yeah. Oh, what, what's next on your list if you're going to try and do these double features? Um, I, I can't reveal my secrets, man. No, nah, maybe maybe RoboCop. I think that's a that's an obvious choice. Uh, but uh, yeah, know, there's Dread. There's there's so many. I haven't watched Dread, the the 2012 one in a, in a maybe. Yeah, I I've, five, I don't think I've ever watched years. the original Dread. To be honest, I am the law. You're fine. Uh, yeah. Yeah. You haven't watched the 2012 one in five or 10 years. <laughs> I suspect you haven't. <laughs> five or eight years. Fine. <laughs> It'd be really um, impressive if you had. I also watched um, a uh, old classic from 1987, uh, Cobra, which is a Sylvester <laughs> Stallone action. Holy <laughs> shit, dude. Like this, I, I went and Wikipedia this and, and, you know, the reception in 1987 was like, this is the most stereotypical action hero, schlocky crap. And that was way when it was released. You put it on in 2020. It is so amazing, man. Like, like, oh, oh my God. It, it's, it, you can't, it's just too good. It's that cheesy 80s thing, Stallone. They're like Colin Cobra and he comes in in this fucking old muscle car and he saves the day and he's like reckless and he's a renegade. The interesting part of it was it was actually Sylvester Stallone was supposed to do Beverly Hills Cop um, and he wanted to take it down this kind of more serious kind of action-y direction, but they wanted to take it down a more um, comedic direction. So he ended up leaving the project and making Cobra and then so on and so forth with what's on with Beverly Hills. Serious that, film Cobra. Dude, uh, yeah, well, exactly. I mean, come on. But it's, it's pretty metal, man. Like the, 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 the bad guys are savage with that, with that sort of knifey, stabby thing they have. Like there's some savage shit. So, uh, yeah. <laughs> Yeah. Anyway, listen, enjoyable. So uh, that's been, you know, I've been watching a few other things. i um, been playing Animal Crossing as well. Uh, so yeah, having a good time. How are you like an Animal Crossing, Georgia? Listen, can I be perfectly honest with you? Ashley's playing it. 
Like she's just, right. she just picked it up <laughs> like, and she just, I can't get it off her. So, <laughs> you know, I paid for it, but it ends up not being mine in the end. Same thing Ooh. happened with Mario Ooh. Odyssey as well. <laughs> but it, it, it's, I mean, it's, you were only ever going to send bold two strategy hours. there, George. Well, exactly, uh, see how it works exactly. out for him. It's it's my own fault, you know. It's um, you know I, I'm the one to blame here, you know. <laughs> All right. <laughs> what about you guys? So a bit of targeting. Uh, Benny, Benny, I'm interested to uh, hear your list. I'm I'm treating it like a recommendation. <laughs> Uh, I'll let you know if they're recommendations or not because I've been going through a pretty disparate um, group of things. We um, we bag on the fact that we have all these streaming services all the time, but, man, I've never been so happy to have, like, Stan and uh, Amazon Prime available because there is some some gold on on these things that I just barely oh. even look at what they have on offer half of the time. Yeah. I mean, I, I it's a bit of a segue into what I finished off um, since last I talked to you guys, but I finished off Undone, um, cool. which... I thought was gorgeous um, from from you know just from a, a visual point of view. Are you eating George on the podcast? Yeah, dude, you maniac, <laughs> dude. I'm working from home. What's going on here? We're not in the studio. Yeah. You know? <laughs> he hasn't had That's time to right. eat all day at home. <laughs> <laughs> what is happening right now? Um, Getting comfy, man. Okay, Come on, sorry. this is like you're seeing a new side to the podcast, George. I put on pants for this, so the least you can do is not eat while well, we're we meant to wear pants. No, I'm I'm in the middle of talking about undone. Um, yeah, look, I, I, you know, visually, obviously, really cool. I love the idea of having that medium for this. Um, you know, it it keeps a certain level of realism um, while also allowing them to like have all the I guess the whatever they want to do in animation, right? Like they could just they can do anything. So I love that they were given that kind of freedom through that medium of uh, um, rotoscope. Um, but more than that, I just really love the story, and I love the mm. character building. I think that it's like spectacularly done. Um, you know, I think that it's uh, a, a really wonderful look into a dysfunctional family, um, and there's little pieces that you know that you can kind of pick out that, that I think resonate very deeply with, I think, most families. Um, maybe Wasn't Rosa Salazar just phenomenal? Oh, she's been, I mean, honestly, I want to see her in more things, like yeah. many more things. Yeah. Yeah, I thought that she did really well. Did you finish that off, Colin? Um, speaking, yeah, yeah, finish it off. Um, love how they ended off the season. Um, you know, really interested to get into season two. I think that's going to be... Um, Incredibly interesting. So that's a recommend. Mm-hmm. Oh, hundred percent. Yeah, cool. I think get everyone time. needs to go. And everyone needs to go get a, if they're not on Amazon Prime. Um, you know, I think that that and if, there's a couple of other things on Amazon Prime. I've just been really impressed with it. They're putting out really good content. I tried a bit of the Expanse, Benny, but it didn't wasn't quite clicking with me. So I was like, I'm going to leave this for another time. But it's pretty out Which there. Which means like, never. <laughs> that time being never well, yet. Yeah, well, I mean, <laughs> Decoding George I'm, speak. I mean, I'm just, you know, I'm, I'm doing it nicely. You know, I'm laying the cushions down. I'm, I'm coming in like a, like a sledgehammer. Well, I, I guess I can segue mm-hmm. into my having started and continued watching The Expanse um, on Amazon Prime um, after just hearing kind of low-key recommendations for it for, for years from 
people who I would be inclined to trust. Um, when I said to you guys that it reminded me of um, like Game of Thrones in space, but when Game of Thrones was really good, um, I guess that recommendation was more for Connor, the guy who actually watched more than six episodes of Game of Thrones. <laughs> um, and I, I, I maintain that. I think you really Eleven and a half. Eleven and a half. Sorry, episodes. sorry. I apologize. Yeah, um, so, so yeah, I'm, I'm like a bit midway through season two right now. Okay. Yeah. And is it maintaining that level? Is it going to be like a, a Game of Thrones in the sense that the first season's really like, you know, well, really good. And then a lot of people felt like that slipped. Is that, are you getting those vibes yet? Uh, no, not at all. Um, um, from what I hear, the, the most recent season, I think Amazon just renewed it for, for season four because it got cancelled on sci-fi or whatever, um, which does not surprise me because it is an expensive, expensive looking show. I cannot believe how good quality it looks um, given that it's clearly not popular enough to sustain that. I'm not surprised at all it was cancelled because, you know, it's kind of a cult thing even at this point, right? Um, but uh, it's, yeah, it, it it's really very dense um, hard science fiction. Um, it very much, I don't know if I've ever seen anything that feels this uh, real in terms of what the future of space travel and space colonization might actually look like. Like it makes uh, you know, something like Firefly look like a cartoon, which, you know, Firefly is a Joss Whedon project, so it is to an extent. But um, <laughs> it yeah, is a it's, cartoon. Yeah. It's very cool. Yeah. <laughs> a great cartoon, but a cartoon nonetheless. Yep. The world building was really interesting, you know. The from mm. from you really got to give it time. I got to say, that's what I was like. I was like, this is as you said, hard sci-fi, and mm. I've got to be in the right mood to get on this. But it does look yeah. really, really interesting. Cool. What Should we move on, Benny? Till we're all um, dying to talk about. Yeah. I well, speaking of Amazon Prime, I um I just then like just then watched the entire first season of. Um, uh, oh, I'm already blanking on the name. Uh, Fleabag, the Phoebe Waller-Bridge show that I'm sure you've heard oh, people talk yeah. about ad nauseum. Yeah. Um, so about three episodes into the six-episode season, I was ready to concede that, yes, it's as good as everyone says. Six episodes in, I'm ready to say that it is just absolutely phenomenal. It is so, so good. Um, she is an amazing talent. Um, it, it, it really fits into that, that like, Louis mold of, like, hilarious, uh, fantastical, insightful, devastating, beautiful, amazing little character pieces throughout and like uh, one huge, of course, main character piece um, spanning over the entire thing. Uh, I'm very, very impressed and can't wait for this to end so I can get back to the next season. <laughs> <laughs> is that a BBC production, did you say? Uh, it's it's Amazon. It is British. Amazon. I, I, don't know if, I don't know if it's BBC or not. Mm-hmm. They you do have to link be, up quite a lot, be, don't uh, they? BBC. Yeah, if it's the British not BBC, Broadcasting man, Corporation like, and British things, you know, if it's not BBC, <laughs> like just get out of my face, you know. Don't even bother. Wasn't that weird rabbit one BBC as well? Um, what was that Watership Down? The Watership, Watership Down. Down. The most terrifying yeah. trailer we've the ever heard. Stamp reviewed. of approval. Maybe <laughs> <laughs> nightmares, man. Those CGI rabbits were coming for me. <laughs> Fucking hell. Yeah. What else, Benny? Um, I just the other night watched the remake, uh, similar to your Total Recall, the remake of Child's Play, you know, the Chucky series. Oh, yeah. Um, that Is it came the out new, last new year. one? The new one with yeah. Aubrey Plaza and uh, Brian Tyree Henry. Um, and I got a sense from the trailers that it looked like a pretty decent remake. And uh, after watching it, I think that is fair. It's um, it's not going to blow anyone away. Um, it's 
I but I think it can stand alongside the original series as a pretty damn good killer doll movie with some really interesting ideas and a pretty damn gorgeous aesthetic as well. Sweet. And some gory as fuck kills, like really surprising for, for what it was. How was Mark Hamill's Chucky? Because that was sort of a point of contention that the, the guy who's always voiced him, you know, wasn't. Yeah, so Brad Dourif has voiced him in like seven movies in a TV yeah. series or some shit. But um, uh, yeah, Mark Hamill took over for this movie. He's perfect for the role. He does a great job. He sounds like Mark Hamill. He sounds like the Joker at points. Um, so it's nothing you haven't heard him do before, but he's perfect for it. Let's check this out. Hmm. I think you might dig it. What else, Benny? Uh, and and also, while I've still got you guys, um, I forgot to mention the last couple of movies I actually saw theatrically. Um, I saw the um, the personal history of David Copperfield, the one starring Dev Patel, the um, the Charles Dickens adaptation. Yeah. Um, really fantastic. It's from uh, Armando Iannucci, the guy who did Veep and uh, uh, what's that that movie, the the, the Death of Stalin. Um, so oh. it's very very strange um because you know how the the death of stalin i don't know if you guys have seen it i can't remember has like all different um uh, nationalities and uh accents uh playing these characters which really frustrated a lot of especially older viewers in in my um my experience um which i found that's not the accent that's from russia exactly this movie pushes that to a whole next level and i love it this is the first movie i've ever seen that has completely and utterly race-blind casting. Uh, Dev Patel plays the lead. Both of his parents are white. Um, you have um, Benedict Wong in a role. He has a black daughter. Um, it, it's just like really dev- immediately distracting from the beginning. But uh, once you get used to the fact that this movie is doing that, it's, it's kind of wonderful in some way that I can't really justify, but I really, I really thought it was cool. And the movie itself was just... So it's almost unbelievably charming. It's it's one of those things like with Death of Stalin, I think it would have been really upsetting. Upsetting might not be the right word, but like just kind of off-putting if one person had a Scottish accent and then the rest had <laughs> Russian. But because mm. everyone just had, yeah. you know, all these accents, it was kind of like, all right, well, they're just going full bore with it. Like it's an actual choice that they're making. Mm. Um, and I think that, that I, I feel as though that's what they did in this one as well. Is that, mm, it's know, as if it's not a historical forward. document. It's a film. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But I mean, I, I think that there's, there is merit to people being like, you know, that's not how it happened. Or, you know, there's, there's a, a fine line between of taking artistic liberty. Yeah, exactly. There's a, there's a line between, you know, artistic liberties and, you know, what can come off as either being lazy or, um, you know, whatever have you, right? So it depends entirely that, on the project, um, of course. Yeah, I think that's what people yeah, don't and, take and into the, account and, uh, is is like context. what is the what what where are we going with this piece? Are we trying to do a very sort of one to one sort of a reenactment? Mm. Or in the case of Death of Stalin, you know, this was a comedic this had so many comedic edges to it. It was so fourth wall breaking. Um, you know, it, it, it yeah. like it, it just it it wasn't like a clear representation, you know, you know, mm. this is, this is a film 
you know, from a year, you know, 50 or 60 years later, looking back at another time, you know, there's so much in there. George is panicking with his history. <laughs> Stalin's what year? Hey, fuck <laughs> you, you little bald motherfucker. Hey, well, talking about I wasn't judging. I wasn't tell judging. Me, I was what, just, I was noting. Uh, Oh no, sorry, Benny. You had a couple other things that you you wanted. To I one one last thing. The yeah. last thing I saw in theaters, possibly ever, who can say, um, was Pixar's Pixar's. Sorry, Onward. Um, oh, you saw that the uh, the the Chris Pratt, um, Tom Holland oh, new fantasy. Yeah, well, the last fifty eight times I've invited you to a movie, you haven't come, so I kind of gave up on this. <laughs> oh come on, um, Please, please come tell on. me it was just. Sorry, give sorry. me this. Was it surprisingly good? Like, did you enjoy yourself? That's that's uh, that's a pretty perfect way to describe it. I wasn't entirely surprised because it's Pixar, and I still have enough faith in them, and I thought it looked pretty decent. Um, but I will say, for like, it, it cocoed me because for the first like two thirds, yes. three quarters, it was, it was pretty good. It was <laughs> it was pretty solid. It was it was it was like good, fine, fine to good. Um, and then the end rolls along, the last act, and it just fucking steamrolled me. I'm like, that was phenomenal. And it's a shame when a movie isn't that quality that you know it can be all throughout. But at the same time, there's something to be said for a movie that kind of lulls you into a false sense of security and then knocks you out of your fucking seat. Um, so I yeah. kind of walked out of it being like, that was really, really great. Um, and it's a shame it will get no release ever. <laughs> I think it's on Disney Plus in uh, April. <laughs> I, I honestly, I really needed that. I don't know why, but I think like <laughs> I need Pixar to still be good. Like that's, mm-hmm. that's, a, that's something in my life that I, I feel like I need. <laughs> you guys hey, you getting punked. Um, I enjoyed it. You guys have been getting punked by Pixar for the past decade, all right? <laughs> let's see, let's see. Let's do a review when it comes out on Disney Plus. We did the we oh, I thought you were going to uh, yeah. We did did, did Jesus. Relax. <laughs> all right. Well, Benny, that that was uh, some good recommends. Connor, what are there any other than Tiger King anything else of notes that you've been watching, dude? Um apart from that undone um me and my fiance, uh, we try to keep up to date with the Hamish and Andy podcast. For people in Australia, you'll probably know who they are. They're like um, TV slash radio personalities. Um, they were super relevant 15 America. years ago. Is this 2011? Like what? <laughs> <laughs> Wait, I, I still like it. Do they you remember Richie Benno, Sorry. right? Yeah. I'm pretty sure they have one of the most popular podcasts in Australia. So yeah, they listen to Fitzy and Whipper. Thank you very much. The normies. Yeah. Oh, oh, much. Sorry, <laughs> my bad. <laughs> they weren't even relevant in 2011, let alone now. <laughs> Fuck off. Um, yeah, no. So we listened to their podcast a lot, and um, you know, I had never really gone through their. They've got these like really um, hilarious uh, TV shows where they do these kind of like travel expeditions um overseas and so we kind of went through their back catalog um and you know a lot of people have seen a lot of like the highlights that come up on youtube of them doing ridiculous things and so we just kind of we went through that and i was really um uh i was all over the spectrum there was stuff that was like well that was why there's lots of highlights out there and and not the whole shows um and the um and then there was other parts where I was like, oh, this is fantastic. I could watch this all day. So we, we spent quite a bit of time doing the backlog of that. Um, but, um, uh, you know, apart from that, it's, I, I, haven't, I haven't had any more time to, unfortunately, to, to go check things out. Um, I'm, I was really counting on Ben to give me some 
sweet recommends for while I got one last time. Thing. Yeah. Um, I just watched today, I, because it, it was already on Amazon or Stan or something, I just watched that movie Swallow. We saw the trailer for a while ago, but that, um, mm, like, house. Yeah, 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 creepy. The, the rich husband yeah. who's just, like, eating marbles and, like, pins and oh. um, really, really intense looking. Mm. Um, and it's not exactly what I think the trailer was kind of indicating it to be, but it was very, very good. Um, I, I recommend that one for sure. Yeah, that's I also, I also forgot to mention I watched that 1998 slasher horror film Urban Legend with Jared Leto in it. Outstanding. Bellissimo. Like seriously, oh this was some B-grade scream. Uh, so yeah, if you're into, into crappy 90s horror and you haven't seen Urban Legend, it's a high recommend from me. That's what horror was back then, man. Like that's before like... But it was in that intermediate period before, like, the old monster movies and slashes and before we got, like, the elevated horror era that we're in now. Well, yeah, that's that's what's so interesting is, like, uh, I was watching Red Letter Media's uh, review of Cabin Fever, a re-review thing that they do. And Cabin Fever, they were sort of referencing how Eli Roth in 2002 was sort of saying, I'm bringing back the real horror. And, you know, in the 90s, uh, you know, with, with yeah. Scream, um, you know, it, horror went through this really weird sort of spot. And, and I love Scream. I, I, I think Wes Craven's awesome. But it was all that slasher, teen, high school kind of stuff. And, and it's completely evolved into something completely different now. But, you know, in the late, uh, you know, in the late 80s and then coming into the 90s, it just changed. So I, I'm kind of revisiting a lot of those pieces because it was quite an interesting time. And there's a lot of un, uh, uncovered gems in there. And I wouldn't call yeah. Urban Legend a gem. We're, but. we're all guilty. Of it. <laughs> yeah. We're all guilty of it at one point or another. But I, I, I do have to laugh when people say uh, true horror as though you could... I don't know, potentially define it. Um, like it just, there's, I, I find that to be somewhat ridiculous because there's like, there's, this, if you look at something like Invisible Man, which came out quite recently, it's very sophisticated. True horror. Um, true, yeah, true horror. Um, that's like, you know, I'll watch that as a certain piece or in a certain mood or whatever that you may, you may have. But, you go to the other side of the spectrum, like the schlocky evil dead type stuff, which is as much, you know, quote unquote, true horror as you're going to get as well. Um, and those, those movies are miles apart, like continents apart. It's crazy. Yeah. So I love to see how it, like how it, how it flexes, how it, how it changes, like how much diversity there is within the genre. Yeah. Um, ben, are you drawing? <laughs> no, not at all. <laughs> I just went, you son of a bitch. <laughs> I had a feeling something like that was coming. I fucking knew it. Gary, <laughs> on to the topic, please. The topic at hand. You're always bringing up Peaky Blinders. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. Wow. For those listening, just go to that moment. Just go to our YouTube page and watch, watch that little moment. All right. Should we get into our little reappraisal of Rise of Skywalker? Unless there's any, are there any, there's no headlines, oh, I, there's any, any crap to, no, Sony's, I did something uh, very strange off. and I wrote notes that I've left in the other room. So I'm going to go get those. Yeah, yeah. Talk amongst yourself. Well, Benny, what you wanted to bring something up in terms of news before we get into um, the, Yeah, I just read, and this is like, it, this is obviously no surprise, um, but it is kind of 
kind of stark to just actually see it written out that for the first time in history, the US box office recorded zero dollars. Um, wow! Because yeah, I, yes. there's no movies, there's no I movies, there's that. no theaters, um, and that's um, that's crazy. It doesn't mean anything because all the theaters are closed, obviously. But it's just weird, weird times. Yeah, absolutely staggering. Absolutely staggering. I, I um, we're we're in crazy times, and it'll be interesting to see how these movie studio studios approach the next period. I mean, we've speculated that Black Widow. It's going to come out on Disney Plus. I'm not sure. I'm hearing, hearing from really bad sources that that might not happen. But uh, <laughs> yeah, from I mean, really bad sources that it will. <laughs> that's all we bad have right now. Really bad sources. Nobody's talking. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. And no doubt. Should we jump into uh, Rise of Skywalker reappraisal? The dead speak. I'm. I'm so. That is literally. It's the first thing on my notes. Is the crawl uh, with the dead speak? I am. It's it's not a great way to start out this film, is it? Can we talk should, about should, right, before we? Yeah, should we set the scene? Because I think that we need to kind of explain. We all watched it when it came out. Have have, have you guys watched it since? No, it's been like a full solid three months. Yeah, I me mean, neither. Like, so it's been three months. Um, we I think we all had a, a a feeling that this was a movie that was going to change over time in terms of our opinions, um, and I think that's exactly what's happened. Um, so yeah, let's, let's get into the good, the bad and <laughs> yeah. And I think, I think just as a top line from, from, you can go listen to our old review, but I think we all generally quite enjoyed it. I don't think we thought it was the most profound or, uh, you know, mind bending piece, but it was kind of like a greatest hits yeah. of star Wars crowd pleaser, and and had great little action sequences and really kind of kept my kept attention the whole way through and, and was enjoyable. Yeah. It was fan service for sure, yeah. Mm-hmm. Um so yeah, let's jump into it. Like I, I know we just we were kind of talking about but that that crawl I think really sets the pace for the rest of the film in that there's gonna be a lot of things that we're gonna throw at you. They're not gonna make an awful lot of sense. We're just gonna tell you this is the way it is, and you're gonna have to just like strap in and go with it. Um and I think maybe that's the best way to do this film, um, you know, considering um, what they were <laughs> planning on, like, doing for the rest of the film. Maybe just open up with the most ridiculous, like, the dead speak. I'd be okay with that if that's what they did, because I, I didn't mind at the time, just, like, flowing with this comic book logic of this movie, <laughs> just like, this happened, it's fine, go with it. I'm like, okay. Uh, what yeah. I find so funny about that opening line, though, is it's specifically referencing something that happened in a Fortnite event. Because, you know, that's where they released that Darth Sidious um, communication that he spread across the galaxy. It was a Fortnite thing. Like, they played it in Fortnite. Shut up. So you're, yeah. you're, you're not only, to really experience this film, you don't only have to, you know, read a comic prequel or maybe read a little yeah. novella. You've got to play fucking Fortnite. Yeah. <laughs> I, so think that's, I think that's really a testament to... You know, a lot That's of strong the Fortnite week- a brand is. <laughs> yeah, it's an Endgame too. I guess that is hundred percent true, hundred oh percent true. But I, I think that's you know there are so many uh, skimmed over details in this film, and you kind mm-hmm. of it's whisk. You, there is so much in this film that you're whisked along, and as you said, Connie, it's just kind of like you just got to accept it. Yeah. So, so as long as you are, I think the 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 trick to this film is that it's just 
as long as you're just there for the ride, it's fine, right? Like, and completely you know, dispassionate about Star Wars in all its forms. Uh, yeah. In a, well, I mean, <laughs> then you probably have a good time. In, in this, <laughs> in this, yeah, oh, I see what you're saying. Yeah. I mean, oddly not though. Like, there's a lot of really fan servicey points where obviously the only value you'll get is if you do care about Star Wars. Pretty shallow um, ones, though. Yeah. Like, I mean, I'm not. What other kind of? <laughs> most of the the fan servicey Star Wars things are fairly shallow. Mm. Um, but I mean, it's weird, right? Like you get this crawl and you're kind of like, Ugh, all right. And then you get whisked into this, what I think is a fucking awesome scene of Kylo yep. Ren getting the wayfinder, finding his way to Exegol and confronting um, Palpatine. I mean, that whole sequence, um, you know, again, if you ignore the absurdity of, you know, Palpatine being alive, which at that point I, I, I was even kind of like, cool. Like, let's just, let's roll with this. It, it's a good time. Like that, that initial scene is, I'm, I'm really impressed with it. It gets a bunch of things out of the way. It's very efficient. And if you are willing to take that jump of Palpatine's alive, don't worry about it, then it gets the job done in a really, like, a good way. I, like, I think it's a great scene on a very simple, basic, like, even just aesthetic level. It's beautiful. And, you know, at the same time, it's like, um, yeah, I was the, the Darth Vader voice in your head. I controlled Snoke. He was just some deformed clone thing. Um, and then you can potentially extrapolate yourself that this is a Palpatine clone or he just survived the Death Star, whatever. It doesn't matter to the rest yeah. of the film necessarily. All they needed in, at that point, really, and they kind of covered it with a line of like, there's, you know, lots of powers, you know, some considered to be unnatural. I mean, that's mm. kind of in and of itself, it's almost better to have it as a mystery just to say like the dark side of the force, you know, Palpatine, they're fucked up enough that like, and, and they're, they're mysterious enough that you just kind of run with it. So I was okay with running with that if I'm, you know, if I'm to be honest. Yeah. And I think what was also cool about this and refreshing was like, correct me if I'm wrong, maybe Return of the Jedi, but I don't think you sort of start and on, you know, you don't sort of follow Darth Vader or Darth Sidious on this little journey or this little sort of side mission that he's on. Like it's sort of this complete little arc that Kylo's on. And it was quite interesting to see the bad guy, you know, in that scenario in the Star Wars film. I thought that was really yeah. interesting. Uh, but, <clears throat> but I will say that I think JJ in episode seven wrote one of the best crawls like Luke Skywalker has disappeared. You know, that was shocking. It was a great crawl. And I think he probably, this is the worst crawl out of all nine films. Um, I'd have to compare them not side by side to really nail that. But from memory, you know, this one is just a stinker of a crawl, but I, I agree with you guys. I'd, awesome awesome um first thing was and palpatine's presentation is just fantastic in this he is creepy mm. as shit i can imagine a six-year-old or an eight-year-old in the cinema freak the fuck out by this yeah can we just quickly yeah, snow clones I, so does that bother I mean anyone that... snow clone no i mean really um no, no more so than anything else in this film, I guess. Like, as I said, it's just kind of taking a whole bunch of things and saying, just kind of accept this, roll with it, and, and you'll, you know, you'll be good. Um, I think it's about the best explanation they could have had for Snoke, really. Because uh, all, all of the fucking batshit crazy theories about him, 
about him being like Plagueis, a character who just had no place in the in just really the text of the films apart from being mentioned once, up to like people saying he was like Mace Windu or some shit. Like he's just a clone, he's a puppet. He was a puppet, it's fine, whatever. Yeah. How uh, disappointing would have it been if it actually turned out to be like Mace Windu or some <laughs> bizarre shit like that? I mean, I mean that's in the text, like in the sense, in the direction this movie is going, batshit crazy is probably the best way. I don't know. And I do, <laughs> to, to those points, you know, I do remember in episode seven being like, oh, there's just another fucking bad guy and he's more powerful than Palpatine. And Palpatine, Palpatine took over the universe. He is the Phantom mm. Menace. He was the fucking man. Um, mm. and, and then to, to sort of move through this trilogy and be like, oh, Palpatine was still the guy at the top. It's kind of like, Oh yeah, that that does make sense. You know, that does kind of, in a way, it, it you know they get away with it from that angle. Mm. Yeah, and and to your point about Snoke, I was never like I don't think that they. I, I was kind of over the the um, oh who is Snoke um, bait that they were putting in front of everyone. Mm. Um, I thought that was a bit um, a bit silly, but um, yeah. So I I think that in terms of introing the character. Fucking fine, sweet. Um, I, 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 this, this was not where my grievances with this film laid. Um, and kind of moving on, I, I thought that um, it, the movie held my interest because right, right after that, you got a chase scene with, um, with Poe and Finn and Chewbacca, and I really enjoyed that. Like there wasn't, it was, it was pretty stock standard. Star Wars stuff, right? Like it was, but the light speed um, skipping. You know, I wish uh, they had they had just stayed in those locations just a little bit longer because they go like this Cloud City and they're weaving through these these towers and it's really cool. I wish they would just kind of for a little bit longer stayed in those moments. But that that was nah. a really innovative and fun scene. I, I liked the the idea of light speed skipping. Um, I I felt as though. I don't know. I just kind of, them going to like cloud city and then all like these other places, I wanted that to be over with real quick. Like I, I didn't want it to be too like, Hey, look at this weird and wacky place. Um, but that's you know, what Star Wars hell, is I all about. Preferred them. You know, look at this crazy world. I mean, Holy shit. There's this green world with this giant snake. I was like, fuck yeah. That's <laughs> you don't tell me anything. But it felt like cheating, that. right? It felt like, it it felt like giving like cheating and like it just gave you like two cheating. seconds of it almost like I love how it, when they like jump into a planet and you can kind of almost feel as though it's um like lived in like when they go to Kajimi or whatever it's called. I guess that's why I like, thought it was innovative, that kind and of fresh. Yeah, that's fair enough. Um, but uh, again, not where my issue lies. The the first real indication that this film didn't really know what it was doing, I think, is when you get... Oh, he's gone. Bye, Connor. Did you... Oh, am I I back? You're back. I'm getting... Internet connection is unstable. Um, Apparently, I'm getting the NBN on the 24th. So Mm. keep fingers crossed, boys. And you're always bagging on my internet, mate. I'm stable. I'm not... Look at this this stability. Yeah, I know. Huh? If if we were at mile like, yeah, if we were at the other place, I'd be fine. But uh, uh, <laughs> what did you think of that that yeah, Falcon scene with? Uh, 
What did you think of that Falcon scene, Benny, with Poe and, and Finn? I uh, it was fine. I, it, it it's very JJ Abrams. Um, <laughs> I think it's um, I think it was Chris Pine on one of the Star Trek movies had the anecdote that he was trying to get some acting direction from from Abrams. It's like, what am I trying to actually do here? What am I convey? And and Abrams is just like, just come in and be loud and fast and get the scene into the next thing. I'm like, yeah, this it does it. You don't have time to think about anything when Abrams is on doing his thing. Mm-hmm. And, it, and it shows when they try and do slow things down and <laughs> they try and explain the plot at all. Cause like that's when they're all sitting around in a group and pose like, Oh, it's, you know, our worst fears have been realized shit like that. And you're like, Oh, fuck me. This is painful. The one, the one like, I, feel, I felt embarrassed. Really remains in that, um, the, the chemistry between all of the, the new characters is, as strong as it's ever been in this film uh, from the beginning mm. right through to the end of film. And that all that stuff I, honestly, with, Donna, with uh, those crazy sort of squid alien guys and the speed of chase and the snake underground and then her force lining the tree. Like I love that sequence. I think that's fucking awesome. Mm. Yeah. Like all the, you know, like I said, when they're not sitting around and explaining things, this movie is really good. Like it's, it's, it's a lot of fun. Um, and that's what I mean. Like, if you don't think about the plot too much, you're you're having a good time. It's it's literally when they slow down and try and explain things. Like, and it's not even just that they take too much time to explain things. It's they don't even explain things very well. You know, for for a movie that you know has too much exposition in it, I don't know what the fuck is going on. That's right. A good point. Like that. There are. I like where he's paused. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Every time. Saw you in there. That That's where it's going to be a decent point. George, um, talk for a while. <laughs> I'm just saying that there's like all these parameters. <laughs> Am I back? Yeah. By the time we end it, Yeah. <laughs> all I'm saying is that for a movie, like, they're, they're, they, they seem to just kind of like they just don't, they don't explain the parameters of certain things. Like, especially with like, you know, this whole idea of the Jedi being with me. All right. What the fuck is that actually? Like, what does that meant? Like, you know, th- that was never really explained. Thousand generations of the Jedi live within her. Duh. My bad. Maybe didn't explain <laughs> it. Though. Yeah, I think that there's some really great stuff in here. I love the scene with Kylo coming into the sort of uh, meeting with the generals and he just, he force chokes that dude and slams him on the ceiling. Like, that's just badass. And, and, and the kind of stuff I want to see with a, with a sort of Sith overlord. Um, yeah, it's a very different energy than Vader. Vader was a little bit more, ref, you know, you kind of... There was a, a, a stillness about him that made him very creepy. Whereas Kylo, it's it's perfectly um, shown in in the first one where he goes ham on that with his lightsaber on Way the, on the console, and everyone is just kind of stepping back. I'm like, fuck, that's like, <laughs> I really like how they've mm. gone that direction with the character. Yeah, and I I'm loving the I love the scenes in Kojimi. I think there is a little bit of a lull there, but I kind of like the World War Two oppressed feel that the sequences have. Babu Frick is really fun. C three PO man, yeah, C three PO. He this is probably C three PO's best performance. Definitely, 
probably. <laughs> Which uh, one is he better in? <laughs> maybe for episode four. Because, you know, he is really so much more of a key component of that, especially in the front half of that mm. film. But, but um, and, and then and then Che Che really plays with, you know, everyone bitches and bitches and bitches. Che Che took nothing from The Last Jedi. He took a few things. And one of the things he took did take was the Force Skype. And he took that to the next level. And some of those battles um, that uh, Kylo and Ray have are really, really sick. I, I, I just get such a kick out of those. Honestly, the best thing about the new trilogy is that mechanic that they brought in. I think that's such a cool thing. <laughs> I mean, I can't the... tell if I paused or if, if you just waited. <laughs> <It's something>. just, <laughs> then you died just I'm like, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and no, I, I think that not only the way that it's, if you think about it, on a concept level, I think that's a really cool thing. Um, I really loved that in the last, um, we're in um, the last guy where they were. Why don't you turn off your video? Like, grew closer, <laughs> brought together this idea. Of, uh, Why don't you turn off your on. video, dude? And then you probably have more bandwidth. We don't want to look at you anyway. Yeah, I'm gonna, I'm gonna let you guys. Talk about it a bit more. I'll, I'll sit back and nod. <laughs> why? Why don't you turn off your um, turn off your video so we just hear you? And people can't see my beautiful face. Oh, there we go. We can hear you now. Mm. Connor McGregor. Uh, so Connor, you were saying something really good, <laughs> but it all got cut off, unfortunately. Fuck me. Um, <laughs> I don't even know what I'm meant to do now. Um, yeah, look, it's um, uh, what was I saying? Force no, Skype. I, look, I really liked, I liked the the Force Skype concept. I liked the way that it brought those two characters together. I thought that that was a a really good way to have them interact and kind of explore how they were both conflicted. Um, and I really loved the way like it mechanically worked, like in terms of a um, uh, like a visual representation as well, particularly in um, The Rise of Skywalker. I mean, I think everyone was pretty down with that um, lightsaber switch scene at the end there um, where, uh, um, you know, he, he kind of like goes behind the back and pulls out the line. Got a good meme out of it at least. Yeah, I think... Um, you know, we'll- <laughs> nothing else. Yeah, I mean, we didn't hear anything of what you said. So, um, <laughs> <laughs> but uh, what I think with the the the, the big the, the I think really <laughs> the pivot point of this film for me is there's a they're on the deck um, of the Star Destroyer and Kylo reveals um, the Palpatine connection, and I think that's the point in the film where things start to really not necessarily derail. Like I still keeps my interest. I still enjoy it a lot. I, I, I really, I, I have a kind of a soft spot for this film, but it kind of really starts to sort of go, Oh wow. This is actually really stupid in a lot of ways. <laughs> yeah. It's like, you've revealed yourself, you've played your hand. Yeah. And it doesn't really recover from that. I mean, I, I find all of this movie, you know, at least tolerable, um, and definitely enjoyable, but um, 
it, from a, like a, a storytelling point of view and a, a character point of view, like character arcs, forget about it. And then, you know, you get, when you get like Chewbacca dying and then a second later he's alive and then you get C-3PO having this big emotional moment where he loses his memory and then he has his memory back straight away. It's like, what is the point of any of this apart from just being a big, flashy, beautiful space battle stuff with fun characters making jokes, which definitely has its own place. And on those points, it is firing on all cylinders, but uh, everything else is a wash. Yeah, and that's that's where, you know, in that second half of the film, Ray goes and visits Luke, and I was really excited for that scene, and it just has nothing compared to... You know, I, I, everyone says they hate Luke in the last year. I think that's one of the best components of that film and one of the most rewatchable yeah. moments of that film. And this Luke was just so rote and just felt not real, you know, and it felt empty. Mm. Like it, it just, it felt devoid of any kind of heart or, or kind of, yeah, it, it, it and, and that was really disappointing, right? Because the triumphant return of Luke, right? That should be, that should be key. That should be the stand up and cheer moment. And you know, the closest thing that we got to a stand up and cheer moment was him lifting up some fucking old um, X wing, which apparently still works, even well, that, though it's been uh, sunk for twenty years. Well, credit where credit is due. And one of the wings was used as a door in his hut. <laughs> yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah. That's right. I quite like you that. Liked it. I think that's quite a cool I didn't moment. Make, didn't mean to make that sound so judgmental. <laughs> <laughs> you liked that, you, what, you idiot. I mean, it does throw out the whole, like, well, Luke Disgusting. wasn't really stranded, you know, like, he was mm. sweet. He was just, instead of parking on the land, he just, hey, you know, park it in the water. Fuck it, it still works. No, he just needed to be more possible than you could possibly imagine. And he could live uh, So, yeah, I, I like that moment. I think it's a nice callback. The, the, the score that comes through, you know, it's one of those moments that I, I'll give it a pass. Uh, I will. I hate when, when Luke shows up, I can't start comparing this movie to The Last Jedi because then I will really start disliking it because I think that's a movie that actually had interesting ideas and a certain level of substance to it. Um, and I think this movie um, exceeds that one in certain ways. Um, it's it's definitely more rewatchable and more fun, but um, it's, yeah, I, Connor, I think you said hollow or empty <laughs> when, when Luke shows up. And, yeah, compared to that one, I, I think that's fair. And- yeah. As a, and I mean, it really comes back down to that. If, if you think too much, yeah. If you think too much about it, it's it's cooked. It dangled, right? That's why. Yeah, and that's why Disney like, people thinking back on this film. Yeah, people thinking back on this film are going to inevitably hate it more and more. And that's exactly what happened to me, right? You know, I spent the last three months thinking about this film. What could have been? You know, all the changes that I would have made if I, you know, if, if I could have jumped in the seat or anything like that. And it makes you resent this film. But one of the and things bad I did brand enjoy, maintenance. Yeah. But one of the things I did enjoy was when I chucked it on again, I was like, oh, actually, this is kind of fun. It's one of those movies that you just have to enjoy in in the moment. And, you know, it's just gonna inevitably become less and less good, I suppose, as time goes yeah, on. Yeah, I mean that that puts this more in the realm of your know, fast and furious movies. <laughs> Well, and yes, also the production yeah. budget of this film was $275 million. It's one of the most expensive Yikes. films of all time. And it shows. See it. it looks beautiful. They have put this together from a technical level. This is just outstanding work. Yeah, I think this is one of the most beautiful productions ever put to screen. The thing that really had me kind of buzzing on it so positively 
after the first couple of viewings in the cinema was in a big part just the the look and feel of it. It felt so real and tactile. You have all of these, um, you know, animatronic creations and puppets and shit, which I, as a, as to any degree that I am actually a Star Wars fan, that's one of the things I really appreciate about the franchise. That's seeing these new worlds realized in a, in a way that is real, um, is, is so important. Looking at, um, some of the things they made for like the force awakens, just these big CG things, even though they, wanted to say they were doing more practical stuff. They lathered over a lot of it with CG faces and shit, and none of it really sold for me. Whereas this movie, I think, nails that on every count. Yeah, even Maz Kanata, you know, she's practical in this. Yeah. And I think Maz Kanata looks And she looks awesome. like E.T. She's like the first thing I've seen since the 70s that really reminded me of E.T. And as a huge E.T. fan, I'm like, that is such a beautiful thing. That this puppet for like two seconds. Less butthole eyes, more E.T. <laughs> yeah and then and then you know the 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 biggest you know i do love the final palpatine scenes but it, it really doesn't make much sense and no the final first of all just quickly one one big nitpick is if his plan is to make her kill him so he can take over her body don't tell her that that's going to happen if she kills him yeah just piss her off oh. until she kills him. <laughs> e- easily. I, I mean, and, but this is the thing where I said that there were no parameters set, right? Like there was no, no. understanding of does she, does she have to kill him in anger? Is there like an intent thing? Like what the, like, does that mean that he killed his, like is his master, like Plagueis him? Like, uh, again, it just didn't, there's a lot of like little kind of things that, 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 that weren't explained very well. There'll be visual dictionaries coming out for the next few years that explain each little bit. And that's so the we'll problem, right? Like it it, <laughs> <laughs> and, and, you know, I'm, I'm a fan of show, don't tell. Um, but in this case, there was just, there's, there's n- neither. Yeah, the I, the I audience actually, was yeah. just kind of left in a, like a. Yeah. I, mean, I can't ground. actually watch this film from the perspective of Palpatine as a clone in this. It just shits me no. that that hard. But I'm like, <laughs> it doesn't you know, matter. It's it, he, like he's it. Palpatine. He's a badass motherfucker. He took over the universe. Deal with it. Um, but 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 also the one interesting thing is in, in this he says talks about the Force Dyad, and I read all the leaks up until this, and in the leaks you sort of saw the development of. I think JJ was messing and tinkering around with these final sequences to the last minutes because there was a lot more stuff here, um, and one sense. thing, one really big component of this film was this introduction of the Force Dyad, and he talks about that, and that was actually going to be a much bigger part of the film and part of. You know, it's kind of like explaining Force Skype and saying, you know, these guys are the Force Dyad, this duo yeah. that comes along every X many thousand years, um, and Palpatine's going to absorb their energy. But you know, it got glossed over, and it's mentioned it's nothing in the film. Yeah, but it's still it's it's interesting I mean, that it's they, still in there for they showed a it. split second. Uh, but it's yeah, it's yeah. it's the, pulled the out a lot. The problem is that they showed it, and then they gave it a name, and then they expected people to just understand what that meant, right? And but, yeah. I think that they 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 were trying to have their cake and eat it too, right? They were trying to kind of like show this connection um, and then they were going to bring in some lore and they were going to like try and, you know, you, you it's really difficult to explain lore or to, to show lore. 
right? You need that thing at the beginning of the movie where like once in every thousand years, a dyad in the force comes around and you're like, okay, that was cheesy. But I'm never going to be able to read a crawl in any other voice now. You've ruined all of Star Wars. (laughs) (laughs) The dead speak. (laughs) Oh no. I thought Uh, also the way that Ray actually takes out Palpatine in the end was pretty piss weak. It's like, Yep. One lightsaber. So weird. No. Two lightsaber. Go die now, evil Sith Lord. Like, I, I'm yeah, sorry. Even yeah. if I'm most positive on the film, I don't really get what was happening there. Imagine if a thousand generations of Jedi who live within her showed up. That would have been pretty cool. There should have been force ghosts all around her. Yeah, it's just I mean, so fucking Liam bizarre. Neeson like, with his face replacement, like DH Liam Neeson, DH this bloke, DH that bloke, get them all in, bing bada boom. Honestly, the most bizarre thing about that, and I was thinking about it, like it just it, it made zero sense that you know the the whole idea, like her whole thing, was that she needed to connect with these past Jedi, and I was like, okay, and then that clearly wasn't enough, but adding a lightsaber was like that. That just didn't make any sense. Like I just I, I was really weirded out by that that piece. And that's part of the the DNA of this film is uh, we, we we've talked about it at, at nauseum on this. It's it's just it's flashy. It's it's cool. Diamond lightsaber, lightning, dead. But at the end of the day, it doesn't mean much. What's everyone's opinion three months later on Raylo Kissy Kissy? Oh, I love you. Um, I could have done down. without that. I mean, I I, I like that that. Look, I, that wasn't actually what I had an issue with in terms of that scene. Like I was like, ah, uh, you know what? Fine, yay or nay, it doesn't really matter that much to me. The thing that I hated was the, the timing of it all, right? It was she dies, he resurrects her, they kiss, he smiles, and then he falls down like two seconds later. And you're like, wait, what the f- fuck it's, just It's almost like happened? a comedic fate. It, it, it is, seriously. And it certainly elicited a lot of laughter in the sessions I went to. Really? Oh, yeah. Huh. Uh, I think yeah. if only because of how lame it was. Uh, yeah, I could definitely do without that that part. I don't think it was unjustified. I think as far as like um, random hookups go in movies, it's like a lot better than Captain America's. Um, but it's because, you know, they really set up a strong connection between those characters. But yeah. um, it's it's just like risk and reward. What were they hoping to get out of it? Like leave it to the, the, the online fandoms, the shit to just imagine that it's happening. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, this is a bit of a, um, a side, an, an aside, but I, I decided to look up for Styad. Um, and of course, it's in the novelization that you find out that there's a prophecy. Of course it was. Of course. Um, uh, and that, you know, uh, Sidious had tried doing it before um, and Plagueis had tried doing it before. Like all these like fucking... It's it's so ridiculous. You're like, I'm so over this with Star Wars. This was actually explained in the film. Like, is this franchise going to be able to recover from this shit? Because I'm starting to like. I I think I think Rise of Skywalker is really dope, and I, I actually I think it could be my favorite out of the the the, the latest trilogy. Like, if somebody tells me, "Hey, you got to watch one of these three films right now," I'm probably going to say the Rise of Skywalker because it probably whisks by the most. And 
is the best quote. The bad sign for this trilogy is the one you just want to get rid of the quickest. <laughs> yeah, well, I mean, uh, oddly you know, enough, I might I, I, even go I Force so Awakens. Even. I, so I quite enjoyed Force Awakens. What would you go? What would you go, Benny? No, I'm. I would say the Rise of Skywalker because it's it's exceptionally well made. It's beautiful. It's it's enjoyable. It's fun. It's it's you know just really cracks along, and it doesn't have any of the baggage that the Last Jedi has with it. Um, not as on the surface, at least in that um, that's a movie I really wanted to have a great sequel because I think it's a great movie, um, and unfortunately it kind of doesn't. Um, as much as I may whatever day it is like the rise of skywalker it's not a great sequel to that movie by any means um so yeah i would i would watch the rise of skywalker as well also i hate the pause awakens i didn't mention that goes without saying <laughs> what were you thinking connor i, I can't think anymore because then i'll have to think about this film. <laughs> i just enjoy this is one of those honestly this is one of those movies where you just need to put it on um i i think that Look, I'm not I'm not mad at any of these new films, uh, despite what I've just said. Um, you put any of these new trilogy films on, I'm going to enjoy myself. I'm going to watch it. I'm going to have a good time. Um, I can pick apart any of them. Um, I'll give you specific examples as to why a bunch of these are just real shit. But um, but uh, you know, at the end of the day, I have no problem watching them, and I have no problem enjoying them. So, and, and that's kind of, that's where I sit with it, really. In There's probably never been a, a, a single worse entire trilogy made up of, like, pretty good to really good movies. Like, because I think as a whole, as a trilogy, I think it's terrible. Uh, I think it's, it's all over pretty the much place, incoherent, yeah. yeah. Um, but, yeah. of course, the individual movies are pretty decent. So, yeah, it, really yeah. weird. Each one kind of exists you know, in its own little vacuum. It's, it's quite bizarre. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. It's, especially it's, when it, it was honestly, being, you know, coming out from Disney right alongside the yeah. the complete opposite end of the spectrum, the MCU, the, the greatest example ever of like intermovie continuity and, and wrangling all of these properties at the same time. They just had three movies yeah. in one franchise, one story to tell. Couldn't manage that. It's so bizarre, and I, I still think that like it's 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 a bit weird when you think about the prequels and the um, the new trilogy. In that, it it, it seems as though they they kind of went polar opposites, right? Like the original one had a certain continuity and a certain um, overall plot structure that I really enjoyed. Um, but individually, those movies were shocking. Um, mm-hmm. And then you've got the new trilogy, which, um, you know, individually, the movies were great. Like they're really well-made films, but in an overall plot structure way, it's just, it's all over the place. It's a fucking jumble and a mess. Um, I do have one thing that, I, one last thing that I want to talk to you guys about. Um, how do you feel about Rose? Because I wasn't a huge fan Who? of Rose in, yeah, exactly. <laughs> in, I wasn't a huge fan of um, Rose in the Last Jedi, but I think that they they did her real dirty in this. I was it, like, it was it's distracting, just so yeah. yeah, I think she got ten minutes of over ten minutes of screen time in the Last Jedi, and I think she got seventy like seventy seconds. seconds in this. Yeah, yeah. that's horrific. That's rough. <laughs> and you know, yeah, I, it was she, distractingly bad. She is, you know, she as a human being experienced a lot of trauma from that role. You know, that's, mm. that's going to take her a long time to recover from that. And I just think that, you know, I, I think they could have maybe done a better way to try and celebrate what Ryan Johnson was going f- for with that character. Um, 
they didn't. The thing with Rose Tico that's the biggest bummer is if she didn't do that, saving public love. If, if if she didn't do that whole yeah. thing at the end, I would have been I would have been all right. But that kind of just you know, it's one of those things where you know you step over the line. You, I don't know if you can come back from that. Uh, but yeah, I think if well, we, it, it seems a, a bit, bit extreme, so she stepped yeah, over the line. Maybe it's too far. But if but, I could but, sacrifice I just, a bit of Babu Frick or, or that uh, new droid or uh, Zuri Bliss to get more of her in the movie, I wouldn't though, because <laughs> they're they're awesome, all three of them. Uh, Bob, you know who you could sacrifice? That um, X droid. Uh, or ex uh, stormtrooper that that Finn meets. Oh fuck! I that. I, 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 I I found her. Oh, Lando's daughter. <laughs> Lando's exactly. Daughter. <laughs> yeah. Fucking yeah. super creepy ending, by the way. But yeah, also, <laughs> we're gonna go find, Let's find that. out. Yeah. But that was especially the um, worst part with um with Rose. It's like they set up kind of a romantic thing in the last one with her and Finn. Then this one, they're like, no Rose, and he's got a new girlfriend now. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Oh, we're yeah, not going to do bizarre. this cross-racial thing. She's, you know, they're going to be the same race. <laughs> we, we compartmentalize it. It's like, fuck Yikes. off, man. Like, you know, you guys had a Is really good opportunity. Is that where she stepped over the line? Yeah. So it just pisses me off. The world off, reacted. It just pisses me off. Yeah. No, I just, I, I felt like that that whole Stormtrooper, like they kind of tried to bring in that Stormtrooper storyline. And I don't think they had done enough to earn that storyline. Like there, there was no background Clearly. onto it. I think that, the, you know... It just kind of shoved in there in the third act. There's room thing, for like, such a off. great arc for Finn in this film, um, yeah. especially regarding the other stormtroopers. And they kind of lay out parts of it in in that um, the Colin Trevorrow leaked script, um, the kind of dot points that were really there to be set up from the first film, you know, where we kind of start following him yeah. as, as the lead character. Um, that really could have come together in a great way. And it just feels like they had no interest in revisiting the previous films. Or Finn, like Finn has out. nothing. Finn started out as one of the most awesome characters. I think he has one of the coolest arcs in episode seven and episode eight and nine that is completely squandered. And from the sounds of it, you know, the Trevorrow Lee script, you know, him hearing, you know, him wrestling with these stormtroopers as these human beings and, um, you know, Mm. the, 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 the gray area of, um, the gray area of, of, of what, what's going on with these wars and and uh, it just sounded fascinating and it would have been a nice continuation from, I, I think one of the worst casualties from The Last Jedi is Finn, like that he just got shat on in that film. That's a headline. Anything else that um, you guys want to touch on? Yeah, Georgie, you mentioned the gray area. I mean how could we not mention the gray area of the force itself? You know, there were so many rumors and so much speculation about um, the gray Jedi or the gray force user that, that Ray would become, which I thought was such an interesting route for the franchise, given the, the kind of shades of gray that they were introducing with Kylo Ren and Ray that were, you know, really not present in the original um, trilogy. That was quite black and white. Um, sort of the point. Um, I, I think that was another missed opportunity because, um, yeah, you know, we had that such an interesting thing in the last Jedi and I hate to harp on about that. I hate to even think about it because what a missed opportunity that all is, but um, about, you know, killing the Jedi because the Jedi were wrong in the prequels and to really canonize that as being the point of the prequels, because it's kind of muddled in, in them is so interesting. Um, but they, I feel like they don't bother with that at all. She's just a Jedi at the end of this one. Yeah, man. It's, it's really bizarre. A shame. 
Yeah. And, 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 you know, that, that kind of, again, sums up this movie. There's no room for subtlety. There's no room for, you know, expanding on really good arcs. It's just, uh, it's very surface level. And a lot of it's really fun. Like if you look at the the surface level chemistry between all those main characters, mm. there's so much chemistry, right? There's, it, and it's really enjoyable to watch. Um, but if you look at the individual arcs, if you really look at the, the kind of the motivations by a lot of these characters, um, you know, it, it's just not there. And, and, and some of it, you, you, there's a, they have a little bit of room to operate where you can give them some slack in the sense that, you know, Leia being a main component of it, you know, was mm. no longer there to shoot new, <laughs> new shit. So, I mean, like, yeah, some of it's going to be pretty dicey, but you know, they, they could have still done quite a bit. And mm. I think the sound, you know, Trevorrow's script with the gray Jedi, you know, that speech that Ray gives at the end where she's like, um, you know, I will not reject my anger, uh, I will, um, you know, I, I will, will embrace, laid. you know, I'll embrace love, you know, all these things were sure. taboo across these different, you know, I'm going to get some, I'm going to get some kind of <laughs> dick, you know what I'm saying? Um, <laughs> uh, but you know, like that was, that was such a fascinating idea. And, uh, I completely agree that the great Jedi thing, you know, let's hope that they can bring that in down the track because I don't really know how you can bring that in in a prequel if the the dogmas are so set up in that way you know you, you kind of this was the time to do the grey Jedi you know we've had nine mm. films we've had these two you know these polar opposites and now but it's too late of, right I don't want to see it now well, I want, this, I want this timeline the Skywalker to be done it's gone it's gone no, but I mean mm. the opportunity yeah. of the Grey Jedi. Like, I don't think you can do it in the Knights of the Old Republic. Maybe you can. Maybe, maybe I'm. But I think this is like this is a future thing. This is like we'd have to do 500 years in the future after Episode Nine to bring in the Grey Jedi. You know, I don't think. I, I think they've kind of fucked themselves by not bringing it in here, and it was a really great opportunity. Yeah. And really all we get at the end is that little scene with Luke and Leia and it's, you know, it's fine, but I, I don't get any emotional connection there. It's trying to say, you know, those are her parents, but you know, Leia's, we <laughs> haven't really talked about Leia know. in this, but yeah. What's your last name, kiddo? Uh, but, <laughs> Who are you? Uh, Ray. Specifically, no, specifically, I need you to say a last no. name. What's your social right, security say- number? <laughs> Can I give you guys the biggest missed opportunity in this entire thing, realistically? At, when, when they're at that um, festival and the little kid, the little worm kid comes up to Ray and she goes, you know, what's your name? She says, Ray. She goes, no, no, no. I want to know your family, Ray. She says, well, I don't have anyone. She should have looked at her dead in the eye and go, Ray Solo. Ray Solo. <laughs> Dude. Fuck yeah. That is the shit. Yeah. Go that should happen at the end of the credit. movie. That's get this final guy thing. a job. <laughs> Fuck you, Chris uh, Terrio. Conor McGregor's coming. He's transitioning, <laughs> transitioning from MMA. Got you now. Um, but yeah, but like JJ was trying to, you know, he didn't, Leia feels so flimsy in this film. Like it's a technical wonder. Understandably. They're able to yeah, do. what the yeah, fuck, understandably. Understandably, understandably, but super flimsy. So, like the to get the connection that you know she was training her is 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 kind of it's it doesn't feel like very ingrained. And then to get like oh it's yeah. it's her surrogate father and her surrogate mother like uh, it despite, just doesn't despite, have the impact from the story that yeah I wanted to to emphasize despite that. how how little she was involved. I think they were still too ambitious, right? I think they should have really scaled back a lot of that stuff. Um, 
with the interactions between Ray and, and um, Leia um, and just kind of, yeah, you know, I think it would have I been a better was, idea because they, they tried it and it, wasn't it did in there that not cost good. Yeah, I know. That's what I'm saying. They should have scaled it back even more. Like I just, I, all, all the scenes that were, so they were like riding around the responses they had. Yeah, it was it already was, filmed from her. Painful yeah. is the right word. <coughs> well, okay, gents. How's everyone feeling? So let's, I guess as a final sort of reflection point here, um, you know, take a look at yourself. Did you achieve what you wanted to achieve? No, um, like what? I'll even go where, so far as to coming back if you on could video. Compare, if you could compare yourself, <laughs> your feelings uh, from December to now, you know, where's your head at with Rise of Skywalker as a, as a little sort of summary of this exercise? Oh, yeah, watching it, it's pretty much the same. You know, if again, if you just kind of let the movie take you away with the visuals and the fun of it and all that kind of stuff, it's a really good time. Um, You know, it's really only when you overthink it. Um, And and for the people that don't like it because of that, I'm not shitting on you at all. I think that's a completely valid way to think about this film. Like to just say that there's no plot and you know, fuck this film. It's a fair call. But for me, um, when I watch it, um, I still get a kick out of it. Yeah, I um, I like this movie quite a lot, and I think, and I've said this before. I think I've been given permission by myself to like this movie as much as I do because I had given up all hope after the just absolute shit fight that followed the Last Jedi that that movie was ever going to get a proper sequel. Um, so I'd already gone through all of the stages of grief by the time this one rolled around and was able to just take it almost as fan fiction. And uh, within those parameters, I think it's it's great. Yeah, it does feel very fan fictiony. It really does, uh, especially the Darth City stuff. Yeah, I, I I really do have a soft spot for this film. I don't think it all comes together. And as an episode nine, this is pretty pretty fucking lackluster. But if you were to just mm. say to somebody, "Hey, check out Star Wars," um, this is actually a pretty good one to start on. I would say. I think it kind of whisks along. Um, you don't really need to know too much. Here's the good guys. Here's the bad guys. Let's go do some cool shit. This might be actually mm. a good entry point into the franchise. Um, yeah, fun I think planets, fun creatures, fun characters. The creatures are incredible. Uh, the settings are amazing. The attention to detail is there. Not in the story, not in the story, but in terms <laughs> of the visuals. <laughs> Uh, this is this is really and you know what I watched the two hour doco that comes with this and you know the amount of work that goes into it you just don't think about these things you know we criticize and nitpick all these films but like the amount of man hours that goes into these things as you say Benny it's a miracle these things get made uh, so mm. you know it's fun it, it's it's Rise of Skywalker is a fun time for me well yeah. that was fun that was that was uh, I, I enjoyed you know you know sometimes. Sometimes a film, when we do these reviews, we're like, you know, we come out and we're guns are blazing on a film. And then a couple of months later, you know, it's, you know, how are you going? But I think Rise of Skywalker has kind of maintained a pretty solid level. So um, I think, I don't know if you guys, are we done here? Is this, is this I think that's episode? it. Oh, no. Well, I- guys... <laughs> guys uh, at home, we have something really cool coming up. Um, we have uh we're going to be getting our friend Dane Hallett who is uh the production um a concept designer and an amazing artist uh, who's worked on things like Alien Covenant and we we've interviewed him in the in the past but with this whole um 
you know, remote recording thing. We're going to try and get a few guests on um, to try and mix things up. But yeah, he, he's he's worked on, he had his um, short film that he did uh, with Blumhouse uh, come out last year. So we're going to be talking to him about that and some, some other fun projects and just, you know, what is it like working in the movie industry? So um, if you do have any questions for, for Dane, uh, hit us up because um, I've got plenty myself. And uh, yeah, stay well, you know, We've got a bit of a flow going and we're going to be back next week. And uh, we'll see you soon, Connor and Benny. All the best. Gotcha. Get your internet sorted, Connor. All right. I'll get onto it. Yeah, I'm recording this from a from a phone on a on a selfie stick. And mine worked out better somehow. <laughs> my my phone is like it's worse than this. Like the, the, I'm in, right now I'm in a dead zone. It's it's Did you tether your phone? Get into it. No, we we had to go and get like a, a separate um, Wi-Fi thing. Wi-Fi thing to try and get something. Even that's pretty shocking. Mm. So, yeah, this is what I'm living with for the next couple of weeks. Good luck. I have the NBN and I'm not even using it. <laughs> <laughs> you son of a bitch. <laughs> All right, gents. Peace out. Bye. Bye. Gotcha. Bye. Bye.